So who else has ideas of how best to combat the escalating fascism that's occurring around the world? Some people think Bernie's the answer, but I have a suggestion for them. They might not like it. My suggestion for Bernie Sanders supporters is to appreciate that in a numbers game, Sanders doesn't win over swing voters. He has lost significant amount of turnout since 2016 and that his, his plan to uh, covertly sabotage Hillary Clinton in order to rebound off people's aversion to Trump in 2020 was a stupid, ill-conceived, dumbass plan and he should be ashamed of himself. <laughs> Who am I talking to when I say that? Because Sanders supporters won't necessarily be able to hear it. I'm just going to scroll through this thread so we can have a little bit of a look. Patrick, who's a political scientist at New York University, points out that the argument for Democrats nominating a sharply left-leaning candidate like Sanders usually goes something like this. His mobilisation of otherwise disaffected voters will surely compensate for any loss of moderates who were turned off by his policies. Mm, no. So I've got the number 50 to 33 written behind me to uh, emphasize, to highlight that Sanders went from approximately 50% of Iowa caucus goers in 2016 to less than 30% now. So let's have a look. Turnout in Iowa was basically flat compared to 2016 and much less than 2008. The entrance poll found a big dip in first-time voters that Sanders is supposed to galvanise. So you mean he's not rousing millennials so that they get out and vote for the first time? There's not all this statistically significant number of teenagers who are hitting the streets to vote for Sanders for their first ever vote now that they've turned 18? No. Um, left-leaning candidates for the um, half of their votes for people voting first time in the caucus, half the votes went to either Sanders, Warren or Yang. Uh, so though Sanders won roughly half the Iowa vote in 2016, his supporters from four years ago just didn't show up in the same numbers this time. They made up just a third of Iowa caucus goers this year. I think I skipped down too quickly. Let me know in the comments section if you find this, uh, if you can read what I'm showing you. You might not be able to read it actually if you're not using a laptop. If you're using a phone or even an iPad, you might not be able to see what I'm, what I'm highlighting here. Let me know in the comments section. Uh, Yes, so we're criticising Bernie Sanders and we're criticising Bernie Sanders supporters because they're essentially Trump surrogates. So the next test for the hypothesis of left candidates mobilise new voters, the next test of that hypothesis will be in New Hampshire, but so far we're not seeing strong evidence for it. And all of this survey data is from the NBC 
news entrance, entrance poll and there's a link to it there. Yes, and of course people should also look uh, to the United Kingdom with Labour led by the very left Jeremy Corbyn, which completely routed that Labour Party. We're aiming, says Sandra, for an electable leader who has the values and can appeal to a spectrum of voters. Yes. And yes, Jeremy Corbyn did gain some young voters who probably thought he was pro-Remain and then realised he was ambivalent about it, probably a bit anti-Remaining in Brexit because, like Bernie Sanders, he shares a bit of antipathy towards migrants. They, they don't understand that uh, business is not a zero-sum game, that you, corporations win and the workers lose. Migrants start businesses. Uh, so having flexible arrangements where migrants can move to your country is a big part of the engine of, of growth and prosperity for Western democracies. Look at California. They've really uh, done a lot to increase diversity to allow for migrants. And California is the fifth largest economy in the world. So that's comparing California to other nations. All right, so it's small on the screen, but you're still enjoying me reading through the uh, post, which is great. Thank you for the feedback, Johnson, much appreciated. I love having some people on board who uh, are able to respond in real time to my questions. I think it's really fantastic that we can accomplish that. All right. Um, I'm going to share something else just very super briefly because I don't want it to flash up on my screen for too long, but I want to draw people's attention to the slogan for that. Pence has gone, but it says Trump 2020, no more bullshit. And of course... That shows that fascists often uh, are able to capitalise on the gleefulness with which people start to welcome the sabotaging of previous existing norms. So, no, it's not really worthwhile putting in your political ads, Trump, uh, Trump is coarser than other people. Yes, Trump's different to other people. He's a snake oil sa- a salesman capitalising on the success on the surprise factor that people didn't anticipate that a crass, crude, um, female genitalia-grabbing failure could win an election. And he wants to build on that momentum of surprising people. That's, that's a billboard that revels in Trump's uh, lack of adherence to norms and politeness standards in the U.S., So that's a selling point for not only Trump's base, but bringing on non-voters to say, you're special, you're rejecting the system of meritocracy that's kept you down all your life. You didn't get ahead because you couldn't get educated and people have gone to university and you resent them and they earn more money than you, but you provide valuable services and you work hard. Uh, Any of that resentment, that resentment of the elite, of the educated, uh, can be channeled into resentment of standards and norms and then exploited using slogans like enough BS. I can swear here, enough bullshit. Uh, Because Trump is actually (laughs) renowned for 
for telling people lies. But when we look at how he's emotionally satisfying his base and emotionally satisfying uh, working class people, it's that opportunity to stick it to people with degrees, the opportunity to stick it to college educated voters, to alarm them, to overturn their expectations of what is a good way to behave. Uh, so I can change the screen to show you something else I'm interested in sharing. If anybody wants to get on board uh, with me to try and write scripts for public service ads, I know that I can um, at least tag 11 films in a post. And if you're not familiar with 11 films, they've had 8 million or 7.7 .7 million views recently for a fantastic short film they put together, um, one minute and 38 seconds of Adam Schiff's final speech in the Senate hearing of Donald Trump's guilt, uh, interspersed with very evocative footage. So as Adam Schiff describes that Trump cannot be constrained, uh, cannot be hoped that he will moderate his actions, you cannot uh, deny that he will escalate in his poor behaviour. Every pronouncement that Adam Schiff made was overlaid with uh, footage of Trump behaving badly uh, and the, the emphasis of it was considerable with this punchy music uh, and this sense of sort of doom about what was happening to American democracy in the background of knowing that the Republican senators did not deliver impartial justice, they obstructed justice itself. They were complicit in withholding witnesses and documents from the American people. So something important happened to American democracy and it wasn't a good thing. Let's see what else I can find. Oh, there is a video. Let's see if I can share that. Do, do, do. And let's see if I can play the audio. Okay, the audio should be going. I'll just start it from the beginning. Ah. Okay, nope. I'll be back in a second. Huh. So I'm trying to show this ad. Ah, there we go. Okay. I will be able to re-post that. Okay. I should just check to make sure the audio is playing. No, I can't hear it. All right, tell me if you can hear it. Are you let me know in the comment section oh you can't hear okay that must be a bit boring to watch then 
All right, let's try. Okay, I will bin that and start again. To do, do share audio, Chrome tab, try again. All right, I'm guessing at this point that you still can't hear that audio. Are you able to hear it? Yeah, I can't, can I say? If I can't, oh, you can hear the sound? Excellent. Ah, I have plugged in the wrong thing for me. Okay. Okay, 50 seconds. I found that enlightening myself or it was just good to hear people speak up so powerfully in favor of denouncing Trump and the fact that uh, the Republican Party and Trump are challenging the Affordable Care Act in the court system right now to deprive people with pre-existing conditions of health care. And Mitch McConnell and... Uh, and Trump can do all of these things to hurt Americans, to hurt Americans and to strip the safety nets from them. Trump's budget, uh, which will sabotage Medicare and Social Security, when people have paid into those programs. Um, it's hard to get people's attention who aren't paying attention, which is why I need to bring up an important psychological point. And that is, people pay attention to outliers, things that depart from the normal. So Nancy Pelosi made a considered decision when she ripped up the speech. As a signifier of Trump's truth, Trump's speech containing multiple untruths. We have to do that. We have to be pattern interrupters. We have to make a departure from the normal. If we would normally not write a letter, we have to write a letter. If we would normally... Uh, be quiet when people are having a political conversation. We have to speak up. That is the, something that can move the dial because human attention is drawn to things that stick out like a, stick out like a sore thumb. So I should have brought some water so that I... Here we go. 
All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Johnson. Nice to you. Um, nice to meet you. Thanks for all your positive engagement. Uh, thank you to any replay viewers as well. And uh, friends don't let friends obsess about Bernie Sanders if they can help it or without at least directing them towards a Twitter thread or a resource that points out that whilst his supporters are very enthusiastic, that enthusiasm is not as broadly electorally contagious as they would like to think, and there is data to support that, to support the idea that, yep, Trump, sorry, not Trump, <laughs> Democ independent Trump, uh, Bernie Sanders, lost support in Iowa. He went down from 50% of caucus goers to approximately 33% of caucus voters. So he's not inspiring first-time voters. He's not compensating for the negative effect he'd have on moderates by bringing a whole bunch of first-time voters into the fold. So he also tweeted just a few days before uh, the 2016 election that he didn't think it was racist or sexist of people to vote for Trump, i.e. he gave them absolution like a, a wayward priest telling his followers to go flock, to go vote for the devil. Uh, he gave them permission to vote for Trump when he should have been using all of his tweets and all of his energy to promoting Americans to vote for candidate Clinton so that America could have been safe from all of these dangers in which it now, now finds itself. The economy is not doing as well as Trump says. The manufacturing sector's in recession. It's having a spillover effect to the transport industry. Bankruptcies have hit uh, an eight-year high with 20%, a 20% increase on farming bankruptcies since last year. And that's even with $28 billion worth of taxpayer money being shoveled towards that industry. Uh, so yes, Trump is a fascist and fascism escalates. Uh, it becomes more vindictive, it becomes more cruel because fascism has as its fuel for its engine the delusional thirst for aggression against perceived enemies, against irrationally determined enemies. That's, that's based on a small quantity of truth. So when Hitler railed against Jews and communists, it's true that communism kills millions of people and threatens societies. It's true it happens everywhere that communism is installed as a system of government. So Hitler was able to use rational fear about that and then uh, build up on and capitalize on any pre-existing anti-Semitism in Germany and build on that until he had a, a brain mass of people who accepted increasingly punitive moves and punitive legislative measures against Jewish people until people were thirsty for more cruelty, until people were empowered by this new regime of do anything, um, call out your enemies, have politicians make inappropriate uh, crazily rude and it's more than rude I need a word crazily derogatory speeches about minority groups and then use that unbridled glee that unleashed enjoyment of cruelty um, Freud will have would have called it Thanatos the the yearning for death and destruction 
just taking hold of people's souls once you have an unscrupulous leader prepared to exploit those darker sides and those darker yearnings in human nature. So fascism is like a cult on steroids because it it tells you that you're not just advancing your own community. It tells you that you're foregrounding the interests of your nation. It tells you that you're noble and patriotic. Uh, so it's capable of becoming a cult, a militaristic cult that takes over a whole nation and destroys other nations, uh, but in the process also destroys itself and its own nation. So yes, Germany was not broadly advantaged by Hitler. Hitler made the noises for saying Germany first, but Germans were incredibly negatively infected as well, as well as being shamed by American soldiers who walked through camps and forced neighbouring Germans to walk through to look at the, the piles of decomposing corpses and the piles of starved bodies uh, to see the handiwork of their support for Hitler. Now, Americans marched into uh, the camps that Trump has constructed or Trump has ordered the construction of, where children are being housed in unsanitary conditions, where they've removed recreation time, where they're drugging children and denying them access to legal services. Uh, Americans forced to march through those camps as well would feel something, something comparable to the shame experienced by German citizens being forced to walk past so many uh, murdered, murdered Jewish people and murdered enemies of the German state, meaning homosexuals, people with disabilities, political opponents of, of Hitler, etc. Have I said Romani? Yes. Anybody who you know tried to stand up to, to Hitler. And that's why we should be able to draw from that historical draw on that historical knowledge and oppose Trump before it gets even worse. Uh, all the camps that they've been building in the desert, people will go to those camps and not just small children with brown skin that people don't have enough empathy for to do something about. Uh, it's not something that's put behind you. Trump and the administration he, he leads uh, make up lies about why they can't reunite many of the children with their caregivers. They took children from grandparents and, and won't reunite them, saying, oh, well, they're not their parents uh, or their siblings or reasons, just making things up in order to not comply with federal orders, to just practice defying the law, because Trump's goal is to overturn the American legal system in its entirety, to have only the facade of having laws, but instead having uh, a security goon squad around his own corrupt behaviour and the corrupt behaviour of everybody and anybody who allies themselves with him. So thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed uh, my, my perspectives on this topic, please feel free to subscribe to the YouTube channel I have as well, which is davcat43. Share a link to this podcast, I mean to this Periscope. And also, if you want to listen just to the audio, that will be up on podcast as well, available on iTunes stores, etc., with the name Davcat43 Fights Fascism. Because I'm trying to create uh, trying to create a brand to increase my impact. 
not because I'm a grifter on Trump's fascistic coattails, but I genuinely don't want us all uh, to die in a conflagration mirroring that of World War II. And uh, I also don't want our hands to be tied behind our back as we contend with the self-unleashed existential threat of uh, climate climate change, climate crisis, and the other impending biodiversity problems as well that mean there may not be food stability in merely a few years' time. Uh, all of the ignored environmental problems are converging on each other and may have significant negative impacts on our day-to-day existence. So not just rising sea levels, but crops that are lower in nutritional value, uh, crops that uh, don't prosper, prosper as much under higher temperatures. Oh, thank you, Johnson. That is such a beautiful comment. I'm going to put it up there. <sighs> I, I hope to bring together all the nations uh, to show that we are all in this together and we are all under attack from similar-minded people who are seeking to maximise their own personal wealth and power at the expense of our ability to be responsible adults in the room, to address our own problems, to make the changes that we need to stay afloat in a world that's benefited amazingly from industrialization and is threatened incredibly by the byproducts of industrialization. The smog in the sky, the poison in the water and in the air, uh, and the increasing temperature because of the cooking effect created by the gas byproducts of industrial activity. Yes, I did see the tweet about fossil fuels in the stock market. Even some some dude who habitually uh, habitually talks about what shares and is pro business, etc. He has said he is not interested in fossil fuels anymore. Let's see if I can put that up as a parting um, thing. I'll try and find it. Thank you for bearing with me. Oh, somebody says that, uh, yes, the... All right, we'll listen to just a couple more things before I go. Because this has got audio as well, and I want people to hear and remember that their reality is a fake reality. So let's see. Audio? Mm, Nope. Okay. All right. Lordy. That was that was some Strong feelings on the part of uh, Americans in New York seeing Giuliani walk by. So he describes a world in which he can't walk down the street without people approaching him and begging him to run again. Oh, this is another point about Bernie. 
uh, can we see this point? That the median survival time for over 75-year-old myocardial infarction patients is three years, and that includes people who do serious cardiac rehab, which Bernie Sanders is not doing. So, and that's also just the statistics for death and doesn't include other incapacitating events like a stroke. So thank you for sharing that detail, dear partly cloudy Pat. Uh, for everybody to remember that, uh, that yes, Bernie Sanders' projected survival time is kind of like a median three years. All right, so I'm trying to find Jim Cramer, who made a video in which he said, uh, oh, I found it. All right. And I will make it play in a second. I think I'm getting the hang of this. Uh, all right. oil companies
Right. Okay, so um, yes, I'm leaving in a minute, uh, but what did we think of that? Kramer, oh, wrong button. Uh, so Kramer is saying oil companies are like tobacco. So their dividends are good, but uh, young people are turning on them. They don't want to have pension funds that invest in in oil stocks. So... So their so pension funds are divesting from fossil fuels. It's interesting. I typed the sentence and I've typed it a few times now. Pension funds are divesting, and it keeps getting uh, filtered and divesting from fossil fuels. Perhaps there's an algorithm in place so that I can't use the word funds, or so that people can't use the word funds. Let's see if that got through. Ah, there we go. I could do it that time. So yes, uh, that's my, my parting message to say Jim Cramer uh, is looking ahead and saying, yep, their stock price is going, stock price is going down of, of Exxon. They're dragging down the Dow Jones and it's because people want to not be complicit in the world burning around them. Uh, they understand what's happening to Australia with the fires and the floods and the hail and the, the ash pouring into uh, water supplies. They understand that countries near the equator are, are getting more extreme temperatures as well. And that people have done enough, young people have done enough science to find it difficult to ignore the reality of what's happening around the world. So BlackRock's, uh, BlackRock funds, what are they called? Uh, I think you mentioned it in Lighten Up. BlackRock, yes. So BlackRock wrote an investment letter saying that they weren't going to invest any longer in fossil fuels. And yes. So Johnson's saying, didn't PBO predict that before? Probably he did. I didn't used to watch American political speeches so much until you had a fascist candidate run for office and succeed. So I'm not familiar with the content of much of uh, Barack Obama's speeches. I have heard one in which he talked about getting fired up and ready to go. My husband and I used to watch that together. We haven't for a while because it's kind of painful to watch um, Barack Obama talk now because he's not in office and instead there's a uh, psychopathic mob associate, criminal person, etc. So BlackRock is an investment fund and their CEO writes an annual letter before Davos. Good to know. Good to know. Thank you. So anyway, I, I'm off, but thanks for everybody for listening and contributing, and I hope to talk again soon. Bye. Yes, Barack Obama had a beautiful voice to listen, still has a beautiful voice to listen to. Bye, everybody. Take care of yourselves. Uh, fight fascism. Honestly, while we still can, uh, until, while there's breath in our body, I watched on Periscope uh, a broadcast by a man called Roland Martin who, who live broadcasts on Periscope for black voices. And I wanted to hear black voices because white voices are annoying me a little bit, the ones that are so determined to have their candidate and aren't interested in 
the dynamics of or, or the demographics that make up a successful democratic candidate. White people who don't understand that a lot of white people in America are racist and vote for Republicans against their own self-interest because they think their self-interest is dependent on preserving white dominance, a white demographic dominance. So a significant makeup, a significant part of of the composition of the Democratic vote is black voters. And Elizabeth Warren doesn't have a large proportion of the black vote. Buttigieg doesn't. And Sanders also doesn't. Uh, Biden does, and people and pundits who don't take that seriously, who don't understand that cultivating or or at least having an inherent appeal to black voters is key to succeeding as a Democratic presidential candidate. So I listened to Roland Martin, and his guests were saying the thing about Republicans, they don't like Trump, but they're going to ride this thing until the wheels fall off. Meaning, yes, regardless of how much America is damaged or how much American democracy is damaged, they will stay on the Trump train and exploit his cult-like hold over the attention and the mental integrity of Republican voters until they absolutely can't. They're, They're in. They're committed. They're up to the hilt. And that's probably what first... Um, exposed me to Roland Martin's show. So thanks for sharing it and lighten up. I do appreciate it. Somebody says we are starting to win. Oh, that's good because in Spain, the far right lost. Very nice. Yes, well, hopefully people around the world do start to remember the destructive potential unleashed by fascism. Uh, and remember that Russia's great at propaganda and its, and its skills in that department are contagious to people of low principle around the world. Uh, people with a strong interest in exploiting the ignorance and passivity of others. So our enemies right now are our own ignorance, our own passivity. Uh, We're building a consensus of informed, engaged people who understand that this is a a critical crossroads in history where devastation and annihilation essentially await us if we don't get the people out of power who... uh, who shackle our ability to use human ingenuity to solve our human-created problems. Thanks, everybody. Take care and goodbye. Hello. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Hope you enjoy. Cheers.